Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. We are continuing Masechta's Brachos, Perik Gimel Mishnah Vav, concluding the third Perik, and moving on to Perik Dal Mishnah Aleph. Mishnah Vav picks off where we left off, talking about the intricacies of Tuma and Tahara, purity and impurity. And again, we're not going to have time to delve into this really at all, so we're going to do it kind of fast, because going into this in depth can take all day. If you recall, we talked about the idea that Ezra came along, Ezra Sofer came along and created a takana, an enactment that someone who is mitame, someone who is impure from Tumas Keri, cannot learn and cannot daven until they go to the mikvah. This is all rabbinic. It was from Ezra. And really, they were, they, they were allowed to daven, allowed to learn, but, but, but Ezra established they cannot. We then noted that this takana was too hard for people to hold, stand by, to hold with, and eventually it was abolished. But in, inter, in the interim period, before it was abolished, is when our mission is talking. The mission now talks about, what about someone who's actually... Matame, someone who's impure from a serious tumah, such as a zav, which is a much more serious tumah, where they must have a longer purification process. So someone is a zav, sherad keri, and they see keri. All these people, if they go to the mikvah when it's not the right time, there isn't zayin nekiim, there isn't the proper purification process, so the mikvah doesn't do anything. The question is, but if there are tumah from tumas keri, can they go to the mikvah, which will lift the tumah of Kerry and allow them to daven and learn, even though they're still going to be tumah from the more severe tumah? And the Mishnah says, yes, tzrich and tfilah. They still need to go to the mikvah, even though they're going to remain a more severe tumah in order to get rid of the more lenient tumah of tumah's Kerry. Rabbi Yehuda posed to Rabbi Yehuda said, no, they, do not have, they do not have to. And it seems to be because Rabbi Yehuda is saying that at this point, this takana was batel, people could not hold of it, and therefore it was abolished. So the whole thing, we throw it out, and it's, we no longer hold of it. That concludes Perik Gimel. Perik Dalet begins the second half of this Masechta, whereas Perik, the first three Perukim, we're talking about the first three chapters, we're talking about Krishma. When do we say Krishma? When must we see saying Krishma? How must we say Krishma? Standing, sitting, etc. What happens if we're working? The fourth Perik talks about Tefillah. We transition over to talking about the idea that there's also a Chiv every day, not just of Krishma, but to David. And this idea we have to daven every day is also biblical, according to the Rambam. The Rambam says, based off a Pasik, Ezehi Avodah believe, quoting the Gemara, what is Avodah believe? the worship of the heart? Zuhi Tefillah, this is davening. And what does it mean to daven? What does it mean the Torah tells us we are commanded each and every day to daven? Says the Rambam, it's not that we have a set amount. And it's not that there's a set time. Rather, once a day, every day, a person should daven. And they have to say, Shevach, praise God. Bakasha, request something from God. And hoda and thank God, which is patterned in Arshmon Ezra. We open up a Kelagodla, Givahanora, praising God for being so awesome and mighty. We then ask God to give us you know, intelligence. We ask God to give us Parnasa. Maybe we repeat asking God to give us Parnasa. And then we thank God, Modimanachnulach. Rav Chaim pointed out that this formulation of Shevach, Bakasha, and hoda, praising God, asking from God and thanking God, is not just a nice way of making sure we, we say the right things, but that's actually part of the the Orais, that's part of the biblical injunction to Davin, that one has to do these three things. And therefore, and that's how you fulfill the Orais. The Mishnah now opens up saying, well, what does it mean to Davin? When must you Davin? Just like Amos, like Kardash, Mabashachris, when must you say, or Barvis, when what's the set time? When is the time for Davening? Feels a Shachar on Chatzos. So Davening is until Chatzos. What is a Chatzos? What does this mean? So the way the day works, the halachic day works, is every day is broken up into 12 halakim, 12 parts. Think of it as hours, but halachic hours. Because 
in the winter when the days are shorter. A day starts at sunrise, sun up, and go and it concludes at sunrise, sundown. Therefore, the day is still broken into twelve parts, which means your your parts are going to be a lot shorter because the day is a lot shorter than in the summer months when there's a lot more time of daytime. Twelve six hours into the day, chatzos halfway through the day. That is chatzos, and that is the amount of time you have to daven. And why is this true? Where do these times come times come from? So that also might come down to what does it mean? What does it mean to daven? Where do we get this idea to daven three times a day? Shachris, Mincha, and Marv. And the Gemara has machlokas a debate on this. There are those who say it comes from our avos, our forefathers. It says Avram Yashkim Avraham Baboker. Avram woke up in the morning. Zuhi Shachris. He went to daven Shachris. Yitzchak went l'suach basada to talk in the field. That was Yitzchak going to daven Mincha. And Yifka v'Mokamahu, Yaakov encountered that place. Yaakov went to Davin Arvis, Davin Marv. That's one opinion. The second opinion is no. Tfilos are patterned after the Karbonos, the sacrifices in the temple. Every day in the temple, they brought many, many sacrifices. But the day was bracketed by in the morning, they brought a Tomid Shel Shachar, a carbon Tomid in the morning, and a Tomid Shel Ben Arbaim. In the afternoon, they brought a Tomid in the afternoon. And between that, they brought all their Karbonos. Before then and afterwards, they were not allowed to bring any carbon, but afterwards, one day a year, they can bring the carbon, the, 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 the carbon Pesach. So, what, essentially, the Gemisha is going to debate if that's what it is, is what is morning? Until what point do we say it's morning, and when do we say it's no longer morning? Meaning, when can we say you can bring the carbon Tamid of the morning, and when do we say it's no longer morning, you missed the boat? The Chachamim say, Tfilz HaShachar Ad Chatzos. You can dive in Tfilz HaShachar until Chatzos. Afterwards, you can no longer get the breakfast menu. It's no longer morning. Or Yehuda's like, what are you talking about? At Chatzos, you can no longer get the lunch menu, which I never got, by the way. Why is it that lunch menu ends at 12.30? I don't eat lunch at 12.45. But that's my own personal thing. Yehuda says, no, Tfilz HaShachar is only at Arba Shaos. Breakfast, morning, is at Arba Shaos. Tfilz HaMincha, at Erev. So when's Tfilz HaMincha? You can daven that till evening. When does Tfilz Mincha start? So that again is going to come down to when is the afternoon? So the halacha is, afternoon is six and a half hours into the day. That's when we call Mincha Gadola. That's when one's allowed to start davening Mincha. However, the ideal time is nine and a half hours into the day. Because on a regular day, they would begin to bring the carbon Tamid Shabbat Harbayim nine and a half hours into the day. So where did this idea of six and a half come from? There was one day a year, as we noted, Erev Pesach, where they had to push Pull back the bringing of the carbon pet of the carbon tumid, make it a little earlier in order to have enough time to do the entire sacrifice of the carbon pesach. And there were times that I bring it all the way back to six and a half hours into the day in order to give you that amount of time. So technically, although one could daven mincha from six and a half hours into the day, nine and a half hours is considered as man mincha, and you can daven mincha until evening. Rabbi Yudah says no, ad plag mincha until plag halfway through mincha. What does that mean? So there, it means as follows. If you assume nine and a half hours of the, into the day is the ideal time to daven mincha, that means you have two and a half hours, again, halachic hours, to nightfall. Plaga mincha is going to be half the halfway point between when one can start davening mincha nine and a half hours into the day and and when Mara starts or nightfall starts, as i.e. an hour and a quarter after Tfilah Samincha starts. So let's say Tfilah Samincha starts at 3.30, and Marv or nightfall is six o'clock. Is six o'clock? So they, again, two and a half hours. So an hour and a quarter after three thirty, which is going to be four forty-five, is plaga mincha. At that point, you can no longer daven mincha according to Rabbi Yehuda. Tfilas ha'erev ain't lokeva. 
no keva, no set time. What does that mean? What does it mean there's no set time? So it can mean one of two things. Well, what does it mean? What is it patterned after? So it's patterned after uh, either Yaakov or it's patterned after the, fa the fact that although they didn't bring carbonos at night, every night they would burn the leftover fats and limbs that were left over from the daily carbonos during the night during nighttime. And if they had, they would go and they'd burn it. Ain't look, well, what does it mean? Ain't look, Kev, no set time, no amount. So the post can point out that Marv is what we call a rishus. It's only optional. And why, and therefore, there's no set time because it's only optional. Why is it optional? Because you weren't mandated to bring burn the fats and the limbs every night. It's if you happen to have leftovers, then you would burn it. The problem is this only makes sense according to the opinion that we're patterning the, carbon, the, the fila after the carbonos. In the event, we didn't have the carbonos at night. We didn't have the leftover fats and limbs. So you didn't bring a... Ate the, the, the fats and limbs at night, so therefore it's feels my harvest. It's only it's just only optional. However, according to the opinion, that no, we pattern the the tfilos after our avos. Avram vayashkim, Avram vayboker. Yitzlik v'suach v'sodi Yaakov vayifka v'makamahu. So how is Yaakov's davening any different than Avram and Yitzlik's? That it's only rishut, it's only optional. And then the netziv says something amazing. Says the netziv because there's a difference between Avram and Yitzlik and Yaakov's tfilos. Avram, it was set. Vayashkim Boker. Yitzchak, he went l'suach basad. It was set. He went out and did it. Yaakov was vayivka. He happened upon it. He encountered. It wasn't like he was going to daven, but he encountered a place and said, "Behold, I need a daven to Hashem here." The nature of Arvis, the nature of Marv, is one of Ein Lokeva. That it's not a set time, but rather any time man feels the need or the desire to reach out to Hashem, to talk to Hashem, that they 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 can go and do so. Arvis is telling us, Mar the idea of Tfilos Marv, even though now we say you have to do it, but we still call it Rishus, because the idea of Marv is that anytime we want, we can Vayifka encounter God. We can go talk to Hashem throughout the day. And there's Ain Lokeva. There's no set amount of how much we can or how little we want to talk to Hashem. Rather, whatever we feel the need to, turn to Hashem, talk to Him. The Shal Musaf in Kol Hayom, Tfilos Musaf, on the, those days where there's a Tfilos Musaf, like today, Rosh Chodesh, that was all day. Rehuda says, no, only Ad Sheva shows until seven hours into the day. Everyone should have a wonderful day and a good Chodesh.